Blog Talk Radio. The Bible says my king is a seven-way king. He's a king of the Jews. That's a racial king. He's a king of Israel. That's a national king. He's a king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. Well, I wonder, do you know it? (laughs) David said, the heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament showeth his handiwork. My king is a, is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his shoulder supply. No barrier can hinder him from pouring out his blessings. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's impurely powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He stands in the solitude of himself. He's august and he's unique. He's unparalleled. He's He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He is the supreme problem in high criticism. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He is the coral necessity for spiritual religion. He's the miracle of the age. He is the superlative of everything good that you choose to call him. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient Savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meager. I wonder if you know him. Well, this is my king. He's the key to knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his office is manifold. His promise is sure. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous, and his yoke is easy, and his burden is light. I wish I could describe him to you, because he's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. Well, you can't get him out of your mind. You can't get him off of your hand. You can't outlive him. 
and you can't live without him. Yeah! 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 That's my kid! Amen, 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 amen. I greet you in the master's name of Yeshua, Jesus the Christ, my Lord and Savior, my God, my Elohim, my rock, my redeemer. I want to welcome you all out to another edition of the Sword of the Spirit. I'm Brother Miles, and I'm your host. I hope that everybody has had a blessed week, and that if you are not in your Sabbath, that you are preparing to enter into your Sabbath. Um, it's been a good week for me, as always, still in the land of the living, and y'all have blessed, no complaints. The God I serve is a good God. He's a mighty God. He's an awesome God. And without him, where would I be? I want to say Shabbat Shalom to everybody that's out on Pal Talk and Blog Talk and on the Internet in general. And I hope that um, the most has been very, very, very good to you this week. We have been dealing in the book of Genesis. And on last week, we covered chapters 26 through 36. This week, we will be doing 37 through 47. Maybe a couple of more time permits. <clears throat> we are actually going through and just reading the scriptures uh, and seeing what is in them. Uh, and the goal is to do this through the end of the year when I can get back into the kingdom series uh, and really focus strictly on the kingdom series, but I said that I would do this. So we uh, want to be uh, we want to be dutiful. Uh, we want to be faithful, and you know we just want to be the will of Yah. And so I learned a long time ago: don't make promises and don't keep them. It does not fare well with you, with the Most High when you do that. So before we get started. I'm going to go ahead and pray us in, and then we're going to read from Psalm 60, uh, verses 1 through 12. Psalm 60, verses 1 through 12. If I can have the ladies to cover their heads, the men to uncover their heads, and let us turn toward the east, toward Jerusalem. As Solomon said in his prayer, when we were in our captivity, if we would turn toward the east, toward Jerusalem, toward the house that he built, that the Most High would, no matter where we were at in the world, in our captivity, if we would turn toward that house and pray that he prayed that the Most High would hear our prayer. So let us do so as Solomon has said in his prayer. Let us turn toward the east, holy hands raised up to the Most High, Elohim. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your loving kindness and your tender mercy. We thank you for life and health and strength today. We thank you for the opportunity to once again come together and to break bread and to observe your Shabbat, a day of rest that you have ordained that your people should keep perpetually throughout all time. Father, we ask that you will forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. We ask that you lead us not into temptation, but that you deliver us from evil. We ask that you hold not the iniquities of our forefathers against us. But they are all gone by the way of the grave, and we are still yet here. We can keep your statutes, laws, and commandments in spirit and in truth. Father, you have said that your people Israel have done wickedly before you, and that they have walked contrary to you, and that you have walked contrary to them. We would acknowledge our sins, 
And if we would repent of them and turn away and not complain about the punishment which you have put upon us, that you would turn your eyes and your ears once again towards your people Israel. So, Father, we want to acknowledge that we, your people, have walked contrary to you and that you have walked contrary to us. We accept that we have sinned before you, Father, and we repent of it. And we want to turn from our wicked ways. And we want to turn towards you, Father. We don't complain about the punishment that you put upon us, but our testimony will be to the world. This is what happens to you when you disobey the Most High Elohim. So, Father, hear our prayers and our supplications and turn your, your eyes and your ears back toward your people Israel and deliver us out of this captivity as you have promised that you would do if we turn back to you. Father, I pray for Israel that is asleep, that you might wake them and give them an unction to come and keep your statutes, laws, and commandments. I pray for Israel that is awake, that you might give them a meek and a humble spirit, the spirit of love for you alone. Father, I pray for the seed of Abraham, that you have said that all that you have called through faithful Abraham, all those that are in Christ, these are the seed of faithful Abraham. I pray for everyone that you have called and those that you have continued to call. Until the very last one, when you say that the time is up, Father, we pray for them that they might come. They might feel your unction and come towards you. Now, Father, as we go to work in the kingdom, we ask that you would smile upon this work and that you would give us favor in all that we do. In Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, precious name I pray, amen and amen. All right. Our scripture reading for this Shabbat is Psalms chapter 60. To the chief musician upon Sheshadah, midtime of David, to teach when he strove with Araher, I don't know why I'm having a hard time with this word, Ahama Haram, and with um, Arzobah, when Joab returned and smote, the, and smote Edom in the valley of, 12, of salt, 12,000. O Elohim, Thou hast cast us off. Thou hast scattered us. Thou hast been displeased. O turn thyself to us again. That thou might, thou hast made the earth to tremble. Thou hast broken it. Heal the breaches thereof, for it's shaken. Thou hast showed thy people hard things. Thou hast made us to drink the wine of astonishment. Thou hast given us a banner to them that fear thee that it may be dis- displayed because of truth they lie, that they be- that thy beloved may be delivered. Save with th- thy right hand and hear me. Elohim has spoken in his holiness. I will rejoice. I will divide Shashem and meet out the valley of Sukkot. Gilead is mine and Manasseh is mine. Ephraim also is the strength of my he- head. Judah is my lawgiver. Moab is my washpot. Over Edom will I cast out my shoe. Philistia, climbs thou because of me. Who will bring me into the strong city? Who will lead me into Edom? Wilt not thou, O Elohim, which has cast us off, and thou, O Elohim, which did not go out with our army? Give us help from trouble. For vain is the help of man. Through Elohim we shall do vanity, we shall do valiantly. For he is, for it is he that shall spread down our enemies. 
give me a hot second here for some reason. My mouth focus quickly. May the most high and a blessing to the reading, the hearing, the understanding, and the doing of his word in Yeshua. Precious name, Jesus the Christ, amen and amen. All right. We're going to go ahead and jump right into Genesis chapter 37 through 47. Let's see how time we make all of this further. The book of Genesis. On last week, I believe we're leaving off uh, right where Jacob is returning to the land uh, of his forefathers. And uh, Esau is coming out to meet him. So this is where we left off on last week. And Esau is coming to meet Jacob with a group of 400 men. You know, I submit to you that he's not really coming with love in his heart, but it's going, it's going to be changed. But by the most high, you know, you don't come with 400 men to meet your brother. You come with 400 men if you're planning to do some harm. You know, because remember, he had, he had um, sworn to kill Jacob because he said he was a supplanter, that he had stolen his birthright, and then he stole his blessings. So he has a lot of hatred in his heart toward Jacob, and Jacob knows it. But it has now been 20-plus um, years. I believe it's 20-plus years. If it's not 20 years, it is 20-plus years. I know it is at least 20 years that he has been gone. He was only supposed to be gone a couple of weeks, you know, for Esau to cool down. But here it is some 20 years or 20-plus years later. And he's returning. And he knows that his brother has this hate for him. The reason that he went, he was sent to go find a wife in another, uh, you know, in another land, the land of his forefathers. So let's go ahead and pick this up in verse 37, in chapter 37. And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. Uh, let's make sure that we, because I thought we, hold on a minute. Maybe we did not get this far. I'm going to actually start in 35 this week, and not 37. So we're going to go back and start in 35. Um, as I remember, where we left off at was Jacob was coming back, and he was singing out. He had split up his troop, and he had split. You know, he had sent gifts ahead to Esau. And if he didn't kill the, the people, then they were supposed to tell him, hey, this is from Jacob, your brother. And he, come, he comes behind us. But he split up his, you know, his wife and his kids and stuff so that if Esau was coming to actually kill them, then they might have. So I wanted to pick it up there. Yeah, I think it was actually in like 34, 33. Yeah, let's go to 33. We're starting 33. So we're in uh, the book of Genesis, chapter 33, and I may just need a little bit faster to cover everything uh, that I wanted to cover. So the book of Genesis, chapter 33, starting in verse 1. 
And Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, Esau came, but with him 400 men. And he divided the children unto Leah and unto Rachel and unto the two handmaids. And he put the handmaids and their children foremost. So he took the handmaids and their children and put them up front. And Leah and her children after, and Rachel and Joseph behind. So the first one, if, if Esau was coming to kill anybody, he's going to kill the handmaiden and their children first. And then he put Leah. So it shows that he still has a favorite for who? A favorite, you know, showing favor with who? Rachel. So he put uh, the handmaidens and their children foremost, and Leah and her children after, and Rachel and, and Joseph. But remember, all the 12 sons of the 12 tribes come from all these women. So no matter what, they all have to survive because this is who the nation of Israel is going to become. But we see here his favor among his wives, okay? And he passed over before them and bowed himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. And Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him, and they wept. And he lifted up his eyes and saw the woman and the children and said, Who are those with thee? And he said, The children uh, which Yah has graciously given thy servant. Then the handmaidens came near, and they and their children, and they bowed themselves. And Leah also with her children came near and bowed themselves, and came, and after came Joseph, Leah, and Rachel, and they bowed themselves. So they're all paying homage to Esau. You know, Joseph told them the deal. And he said, What meanest thou by all this drove which I meet? And he said, There are to find grace, they are to find grace in the sight of my Lord. And Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep that thou hast unto thyself. And Jacob said, Nay, I pray thee, if now I have found grace in thy sight, can receive my present in my hand. For, for therefore I have uh, seen thy face, as though I had seen the face of Elohim, and thou hast ple- and thou was pleased with me. Take, I pray thee, my blessing that it brought, uh, that is brought for thee, because Elohim has dealt graciously with me, and because I have enough. And he urged him, and he took it. And he said, let us uh, take our journey, and let us go, and I will go before thee. And he said unto him, my Lord, knoweth that the children are tender, and the flocks and the herds with their young are with me. And if, uh, and if men should over, uh, drive them one day, all the flocks will die. Let my Lord, I pray thee, pass over before his servant, and I will lead on softly. And according as the cattle that goeth before me, and the children be able to endure until I come unto my Lord and to see it. So Jacob is saying, hey, the children and the cattle can't be driven as hard as you want to go. And so why don't you go ahead ahead of us, and I'll just go as fast as the cattle and the children can go so that I don't kill them, I don't kill either one. And I'll meet you at Mount Seir. And Esau said, let me now leave with thee some of the folk that are with me. And he said, what need is it? Let me find grace in the sight of my Lord. So Esau returned that day unto his, on his way unto Seir. And Jacob journeyed to Sukkot and built him a house and made boots for his cattle. Therefore, the name of the place is called Sukkot. And Jacob came to Shalem, a city of Shishim, which is in the land of Canaan, when he came from Pandaram, and pitched his tent before the city. And he brought a 
parcel of a field where he had at the hand of the children of Hamor, Jashem's father, for a hundred pieces of money. And he erected there an altar and called it Elohi Israel. Elohi, El, Elohi Israel. So remember that the most high, when he, when he tangled with his angel, the angel changed his name to Israel. Trying to see where I read. There may be in another book. Uh, where I read that uh, Esau saw great armies coming before Joseph. And that's what humbled him. I don't know if I read that in the Apocrypha or where I read that at. And so that's why sometimes you got to be careful what you read. Okay, let's move on. Genesis chapter 35, verse 1. And Elohim said unto Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there, and make there an altar unto Elohim that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. So he's talking about 20 some odd years before when the Most High met him and told him what he was going to do. Then Jacob said unto his household and to all that, that were with him, Put away the strange gods that are among you, and be clean and change your garments. So remember, uh, the Most High told Abraham to leave from among his people because they were actually creating idols. Now, we read last week that Laban had his idol. And when Jacob left, Rachel took Laban's idols, and he came looking for them. And she pretended that she was on her cycle, and she was laying on top of her, saying, hey, I can't move. It's that time of month for me. And he didn't find them. So, you know, he would have used it as an excuse to kill or to go, you know, he probably couldn't kill Jacob because the Motel wouldn't allow it. Um, but he would try to probably use that as an excuse to come to war with, with him, and he'd have been the one that lost. Nevertheless, uh, Jacob is saying, hey, he's telling his household, away the strange guys that are among you and be clean, and change your garment, and let us arise and go up to Bethel. Bethel means the house of El, the house of Elohim. And I will make there an altar unto Elohim, who has answered me in the day of my distress, and was with me in the way which I went. And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hands, and all their uh, earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the oak, which was by Shishim. And they journeyed, and the terror of Elohim was upon the cities that were around about them. And, and they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. So Jacob came to Luz, which is in the land of Canaan, that is Bethel. And he and all the people that were with him. So Luz and Bethel are what? The same. And he built there an altar and called the place El Bethel. Because there Elohim appeared unto him, then he had fled from the face of his brother. But Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died, and she was buried beneath Bethel under an oak. And the name of it was called 
Anna Alambaka. And I don't know what that word means. Let's look it up real quick. In the Hebrew, Alambaka, a variation of 168, Oak of Weeping. Okay, so it's called the Oak of Weeping. Let's continue. And Elohim appeared unto Jacob again when he came out of Pandaram and blessed him. And Elohim said unto him, Thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall not be called any more Jacob, but Israel shall be thy name. And he called his name Israel. So the Most High gave Jacob his name. And Elohim said unto him, I am Elohim Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall be of thee, and kings shall come out of thy loins. And the land which I gave Abraham and Isaac, to thee I will give it, and to thy seed after thee will I give the land. So again, for those who don't understand, circumcision in the flesh has to do with the land. And for those uh, Gentiles who don't want to become part of the nation of Israel, they don't have to be circumcised, but they can't come and do anything in the temple. Once the Most High puts it back up, they can't come and take part. If they want to take part in the temple, or if they want to come close to Passover and those things in the land, then they must be circumcised. If they want to be a citizen of Israel, they must be circumcised. All Hebrew Israelites or all Hebrews who want to become Israelites because not all Hebrews are Israelites, must be circumcised in their flesh and in their heart. So when we get to reading further in the scriptures, we're going to find out that the Most High never wanted Israel to only be circumcised in the flesh. It was also a heart circumcision from the very beginning, and he states it, that Israel needed to be circumcised in their heart and in their flesh. The flesh had to deal with uh, having claim to the land. So let's read this again so we understand because people try to tie circumcision to salvation, and it is not required for salvation. It's only required if you want to be a citizen of the nation of Israel. And if you say that you are a Hebrew Israelite, then you must be circumcised. Say you want to become an Israelite, you must be circumcised because the stranger has to be circumcised just like the uh, Israel of the flesh if they want to come close. And you can read that, I think, in Ezekiel chapter 33. Uh, but anyway, let's keep moving. And the, So we're going back to Genesis chapter 35, verse 12. And the land which I gave Abraham and Isaac, to thee will I give it. And to thy seed after thee will I give the land. And the covenant was with Abraham, circumcise all your male children, those that you bought with money, those that were born in your house. Uh, they are all to be circumcised because they are part of, going to be part of this nation. And Elohim went up from him in the place where he talked with him. And Jacob set up a pillar in that place where he talked with him even a pillar of stone, and he poured a drink offering thereon 
and he poured oil thereon. And Jacob called the name of the place where Elohim spake with him, Bethel, the house of El. And they journeyed from Bethel. And there was but a little way to come to Ephrathah. And Rachel prevailed, and she had hard labor. And it came to pass, when she was in hard labor, that the midwife said unto her, Fear not, thou shalt have came to pass, as her soul was within the party. She died. When she died, that she called his name Benjamin, but his father called him Benjamin. And Rachel died and was buried in the, in the way in effort, which is Bethlehem. Now, this is the one that, that Jacob loved, but she's also the one that stole the what? God and hid them, those strange gods. All these things have, have consequences. And Jacob set a pillar upon her grave, that is, the pillar of Rachel's grave until this day. Israel journeyed and spread his tent beyond the tower of Edom. And it came to pass when Israel dwelt in that land that Reuben went and lay with Belah, his father's concubine. Okay, now, so now we got a son doing something we ought not do. It came to pass when Israel dwelt in that land that Reuben went and lay with Belah, Bilhah, his father's concubine. And Israel heard it. Now the sons of Jacob were 12. The sons of Leah, Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, so his firstborn laid with his concubine. And Simeon and Levi and Judah and Issachar. And Zebulun, the sons of Rachel, Joseph and Benjamin. The sons of Bilhah, Rachel's handmaiden, Dan and Naphtali. So he, act, you know, he slept with his father's concubine, his father's lesser wife, uh, but also the mother of his what, brother. And the sons of Zilpah, Leah's handmaiden, Gad and Asher. These are the sons of Jacob, which were born into him in Padanaram. Uh, and Jacob came unto Isaac, his father, unto Mamre, in the city of Arba, which is Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac sojourned. And, and the days of Isaac were a hundred and four uh, score years. So he's 180 years old. And Isaac gave up the goat. Now remember, we have to go back and find out what age Isaac was. But if this is if this is 20 some odd years later, then remember when uh, Isaac told uh, Esau, "Go get me some venison, because I don't know when I might die." 20 some odd years have passed by, but he's going to get those blessing early. I don't know when I'm going to die, so I'm going to bless you now. But they're blessing with the Jacob. So now it's 20-some-odd years later, and Isaac is now going to pass away. And the days of Isaac were 144 score years, so he's 180 years old. So it's about 160 years old when, uh, between 150 and 160 years old, when Jacob actually departs. He'll go get his wife. Only supposed to be gone a couple of weeks, turn into some decades. And Isaac gave up the ghost and died and was gathered unto his people, being old and full of days. And his son Esau and Jacob buried him. So now Esau 
had sworn when Jacob died, I mean, you know, when Isaac died, that he would kill Jacob. But when Jacob comes back, he says, I, you know, I greet you in love. And they bury him together. But when, before Jacob had left 20, 25 years earlier, he had sworn, hey, when he dies, I'm going to kill him. Now, these are the generations of Esau, who is Edom. So anybody, now, you're going to hear this a lot, especially among our people, Edomites. Edomites, 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 Edomites. And it gets crazy for the simple reason to try to say that Edom is white, but Jacob is black. Even if Esau was an albino, his genes would still be black. His offspring could come out albino or they could come out black. Esau married Canaanite women, which were black women. These are proven facts. Egyptians were black people. They were Canaanites. Esau took his wives of the daughter of Canaan, black women. Even if he was an an albino, he married a black woman. The chances of the child coming out white or or albino would have been a what fifty fifty, probably less than that. When we want to transform Edom into our oppressor, no, go look in the mirror. You might be looking at an Edomite, and I'm serious with that. Go look in the mirror. You might be looking at an Edomite. Because Esau and Jacob were twins. So if one was an albino, ready, reddish, and one was of color, then Esau's offspring more than likely 99.99% chance that they are of color as well. So you really need we really need to get away from this 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 false doctrine that Edom transform and change colors. So that just that's because we want to be mad at the the people who are whipping us in our captivity. But remember this. The only reason we are in our captivity is because of not because of what Edom did. We're in our captivity because of what who? Our forefathers did. So we need to get away from this. The Most High knows who Edom is, and he knows who Israel is. And you might be an Edomite claiming to be Israel. We need to get away from this. Just pray that you get in to the kingdom. Stop worrying about trying to keep somebody else out. The Most High says, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. But he says, you can't hate Esau because he's your brother. He says, do not abhor him because he is your brother, even though he treated you bad. Don't you hate him. I got him. So we need to get away from all this hate talk. Because you may very well, you know, you may very well be speaking against yourself. Okay. Esau took his wives of the daughter of Canaan, Adah, the daughter of Elan, the Hittite, and uh Aholabama, the daughter of, of Anna, the daughter of Zebion, the Hevite, uh, and 
Bashma, Ishmael's daughter, sister of Nabal, uh, and Anadah bare Esau, Elizabeth, and the uh, Bashma bare Raul, and Aholabama uh, bare Jeshu uh, or Jeshush, and Jalem, and Korah. These are the sons of Esau, which were born unto him in the land of Canaan. Now, one of the things I'm going to do, because names are important, maybe this weekend what I'll do is come back to this, this chapter and uh, do a name study, because the names were important, and the names may reveal who these people actually are today. But I say be careful. Stop trying to label who you think is Esau because Esau is your brother. And the Most High says, do not abhor him, for he is your brother. You could be looking at him. You could be living with him. uh, You could be born of him and not even know it. Okay, so this is something that's in the hands of the Most High. So we need somebody to, to hate, I guess, so we want to pick out evil. Okay, the Most High says he hated him. He didn't tell us to hate him. He told us, don't you abhor him. Don't you hate him. But we don't, but you know what? When have we ever done what the Most High said do? When? When have we ever obeyed? So you know we're not going to obey in this. But I want to state it for the record. Stop hating on the Edomites or anybody that's in the most high's realm. And he says, do not abhor an Edomite, for he is your brother. And you're going to, you're going to disobey a direct order and do it anyway. That shows that you're not his people. If you can run that way, and it shows you're not here. Because you're not doing what he said, do you're not listening to him. You're doing what you want to do. You're doing that which is right in your own eyes. And we're going to see the Most High uh, when we get further up in these verses. We're going to see that the Most High and Joshua say, "Hey, don't let let us not every man do that which is right in our own eyes. Do what the Most High says, not what you think is right, but what He says is right." All right, off my off of my. Uh, and Esau took his wives and his sons and his daughters and all the persons of his house and his cattle and all the beasts and all the, his substance, which he had got in the land of Canaan, and went into the country from the face of his brother Jacob. For their riches were more than they, they more that they might dwell together. And the land wherein they were strangers did not bear them because of their cattle. So the Most High has blessed Esau just like he blessed Jacob. Okay, and they're both mighty. But the promise is through the seed of what? Jacob. Thus dwelt Esau in Mount Seir. Esau is Edom. And these are the generations of Esau, the father of the Edomites, in Mount Seir. These are the names of Esau's son, Ilphaz, the son of Adah, the wife of Esau, Ruel, the son of Bishman, the wife of Esau. And the sons of Ilphaz were Teman, Omar, Zepho and Gatam and Tanad. And Timah was concubine to Elphaz, and she bare to Elphaz Amlet, 
These were the sons of Adad, Esau's wife. And these are the sons of Ruel, Nahat, and Zerah, and Shammah, and Mizah. These were the sons of Bashema, Esau's wife. And these were the sons of Ahalabahama, the daughter of Anah, the daughter of Zebion, Esau's wife. And she bare to Esau Jeshush and Jalam and Korah. These were dukes of the sons of Esau. The sons of Elphaz, the firstborn of the sons of Esau, Duke Teman, Duke Omar, Duke Zephor, Duke Canaan, uh, Duke Korah, Duke Gatham, and Duke Amalek. These are the dukes that came of Elphaz in the land of Edom. These were the sons of Adah. So their titles are what? Dukes. And these are the sons of Ruel, Esau's sons, Duke Nahat, Duke Zerah, Duke Shammah, Duke Mazah. These are the dukes that came came of Ruel in the land of Edom. And these are the sons of Bashmah, Esau's wife. And these are the sons of Ahalabama, Esau's wife, Duke Jeshush, or Jeshush, I think I know how to pronounce that, Duke Jalam, Duke Korah. These were the dukes that came of Ahalabama, the daughter of Anah, Esau's wife. And these are the sons of Esau, who is, and these are their dukes. These are the sons of Seir, the Horite, who inhabited the land, Lotan, and Jehobal, and Zebion, and Anah. And Deshan, and Ezer, and Deshan, these are the dukes of the Horite, the children of Seir, in the land of Edom. And the children of Lotan were Hori, and Himah. And Lotan's sister was uh, Timnah. And the children of Shabal were these, Alvan and uh, Manahath and Ebal and Shepho and Onam. And these are the children of uh, Zibion, both Aha and Anah. This was, uh, this was that Anah that found the mules in the wilderness. As he said, the asses of Zibion, his father. And the children of Anah were these, Deshan and Haloabama uh, and the daughter Anah. And these are the children of Deshan, Hemdan and Ishpan and Itharan and Cheran. The children of uh, Ezer were Bilhan and Zavan and Achan. And the children of Deshan, these are Uz and Aram. These are the dukes that came out of the Horites. Duke Lotan, Duke Shabal, Duke Zibion, and Duke Anah. Duke Dishan, Duke Ezir, Duke Dishan, these are the dukes that came of Horah and among their, their dukes in the land of Seir. And these are the kings that reigned in the land of Edom before their reign, any king over the children of Israel. Let me reread this here. And these are the kings that reigned in the land of Edom before there reigned any king over the children of Israel. So these were kings already in Edom. Edom had a king, and they didn't have the Most High over them as what king? The children of Israel had the Most High as king. So it says before uh, there were, uh, before there reigned any king over the children of Israel, these people already had a king over them, had kings over them. 
And Bela, the son of Beor, reigned in Edom, and the name of his city was Dinahaba. And, ba- and Bala died, and Joab, the son of Zerah, of Basra, reigned in his stead. And Joab died, and Husham, the land of Timni, reigned in his stead. And Joab died, and Husham of the land of Timni reigned in his stead. And Husham died, and Hadad, the son of Bedad, who smote Midian in the field of Moab, reigned in his stead, and the name of his city was Abit. And Hadad died, and Samlah of Mizrah reigned in his stead. And Samlah died, and Saul of Rabat of Rehoboth of the river reigned in his stead. And Saul died, and Balhana, the son of Akbar, reigned in his stead. And Balhana, the son of Akbar, died, and Hadar reigned in his stead. And the name of the city was Pua, and his wife's name was Bethabahithabal, and the daughter of Mephed. And the daughter of Mesbah. And these are the names of the dukes that came of Esau, according to their families, after their places, by their names, Duke Timnah, Duke Alba, and Duke Jehat. Yeah, Duke Albama, Duke Allah, and Duke Tina. So it looks like some of these kids were named after the mothers. Duke Kanaz, Duke Timan, and Duke Mezbah. Duke Magdal, Duke Aram, these are the Dukes of Edom, according to their habitation in the land of their possession. He is Esau, the father of the Edomites. So we know that Esau is the father of the Edomites, but we have made Esau what? Transform color, transform lineage. We do some silly things sometimes. And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilphah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. So jealousy made them treat Joseph real bad. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here, I pray you, this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheep arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheep stood up about, round about and made obstinate to my sheep. And his brethren said to him, What shall, shall thou indeed reign over us? Or thou shalt indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dream and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream and told it to his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obstacles to me. The sun and the moon and the eleven stars. The mother, the father, and what? His brethren. 
And he told, and you can read the same thing in the book of uh, Revelation. A lot of the symbolism that is used in Revelation, you have to go through the Bible to pull out the symbolism so you know who it's talking about. In this case, this is a dream that Joseph had that the sun represented his father, the moon his mother, and the 11 stars his brother. His brother. So, And he told it to his father and to his brethren, and his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is the dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and my and thy mother and thy brother and thee come to bow down ourselves to thee? Jacob is saying, Hey, or Israel now is saying, Hey, you saying me and your mother gonna have to bow down to you? And he's saying, Hey. I rebuke that. But in the end, it turns out to be that way. And he told it to his father, and his father and his father rebuked him. And his brethren envied him, but the father observed the thing. And the brethren went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said unto Joseph, Do not thy brethren feed the flock in Shechem? Come, I will send thee unto them. And he said to him, Here am I. And he said to him, Go, I pray thee. See whether it be well with thy brethren and with thy flock. And bring me word again. So he went out of the vale of Hebron and came to Shechem. Now, Israel is sending him to go check on his brothers. He knows the brothers hate him. Israel knows that his son takes Joseph. And, and Joseph know that they hate him, but he's going to check on them because his father said, go check. And a certain man found him, and behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, what seekest thou? What are you looking for? And he said, I seek my brethren. Tell me, I pray thee, where they said their flock. And the man said, they are departed hence. For I have heard them say, let us go to Joseph. And Joseph went with his brothers went after his brethren and found them in Joseph. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. Now, you know, these brothers had to have some hate in their hearts uh, because he was a favorite. And because he had dreams and said they were going to bow to him, they, you know, they all, man, here he comes. Let's kill him. And they said one to another, behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, let us slay him and cast him into some pit, and we shall say some evil beast has devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. But they want to try to stop this what? This prophecy. And Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands and said, Let us not kill him. Now Reuben heard the other brother scheming, and he's the old. He's like, No, let's not do this. And Reuben said unto them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit that is in the wilderness, and lay no hand upon him that he might that he might rid him out of their hands to deliver him to his father again. So his intent was, hey, y'all throw him down in this pit, don't lay no hands on him, and then when they go, you know, off to send the sheep or whatever, he was going to um, he was going to go and take him home. And it came to pass when Joseph was coming to his brethren 
that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him, and they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty, and there was no water in it. And they sat down to eat bread, and they lifted up their eyes and looked, and behold, a company of Ishmaelites, Ishmael's children, came from Gilead with their camels, bearing trees and balm and myrrh, going to carry it down to Egypt. And Judah said to his brethren, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites. Let's get some money for this. And let us and let now our hands be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. And his brethren were content. So Reuben was going to take him home, but we got Judah here talking about, hey, let's sell him. Then there passed by Midianite merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Israelites for 20 pieces of silver, and they brought Joseph into Egypt. And Reuben returned unto the pit, and behold, Joseph was not in the pit, and he rent his clothes. So he was going to take his brother home, and Judah saying, let's sell him. And the other brothers went along with him. And he returned unto his brother and said, the child is not, and I, whither shall I go? And they took Joseph's coat and killed a kid of goat and dipped the, blood, the coat in the blood. And they sent the coat of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, this, was, this have we found. Now I uh, know now whether know now whether it be the son's coat or no. So they then took his coat, killed a calf, and put it in blood and scheming to the father that hey, it, does this look like your son's coat? And I said it's our, our brother's coat. So whether it be thy son's coat or no, and he knew it and said it is my son's coat. An evil beast has devoured him. Joseph is without doubt with his, and Joseph is without, is without doubt with in pieces. And Jacob rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins and mourned his son many days. And all his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. And he said, For I will go down into the grave unto my son, unto my son mourning. Father wept for him. <coughs> Excuse me. For Joseph has said, I mean, Isaac has said, uh, uh, Israel has said, uh, I'm going to go to my grave weeping for my son Joseph. Now, Scriptures are switched his name back to Jacob, but the Most High said his name is what Israel. All his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him. And the Midianites sold him into Egypt unto Potiphar and officers, and officers of Pharaoh and the captains of the guard. So now Joseph is in Egypt, and his brother has conspired to make it look like some animal killed him. And his father is in deep mourning. And it came to pass at that time that Judah went down from his brethren and turned into a certain Adulamite, whose name was Harah. Now, Adulamite is a Canaanite, okay, a Hamite. Judah marries a black woman also. And Judah saw the daughter of a certain Canaanite, whose name was Shua, and he took her 
and went in unto her. So he took her and what slept with her. And she conceived and bare a son and called his name. And she conceived again and bare a son and called his name Onan. And yet she and she yet again conceived and bare a son and called his name Shelah. And he was at Chezer or Chezer uh, when she bare him. And Judah took a wife from earth, his firstborn, for his firstborn. Let me read that. And Judah took a wife for Ur, his firstborn, whose name was Tamar. And Ur, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the sight of Yah. And Yah slew him. And Judah said unto Onan, Go in unto thy brother's wife. Now, this is the custom among our, our people. If your brother had a wife and she didn't bear him any children, for his name to go on, his brother would have to go into his wife and sleep with her and give her a child so that his brother's name could go on. So Judah telling his son, your brother earth been killed, go into his wife Tamar. Okay? And Judah took a wife of Ur's firstborn, his name was Tamar, and Ur's, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the sight of Yah, and Yah slew him. And Judah said unto Onan, Go in unto thy brother's wife, and marry her, and raise up seed to thy brother. And Onan knew that the seed should not be his. And Onan knew that the seed should not be his. Came to pass, when he went in unto his brother's wife, that he spilled it on the ground. So he just slept with the woman, but he withdraws and spills the seed on the ground rather than giving her a child. least he should give seed to his brother. And the thing which he did is please Yah, wherefore he slew him also. So Judah's first two kids, the most high is what killed them for being wicked. Then said Judah to Tamar, his daughter-in-law, Remain a widow at, at thy father's house, to Shelah, my son, be grown. For he said, Least preadventure he die also. We need to get you a seed for Ur, because Onan came in unto you, but then he slept with you, but then he spilled his seed on the ground, and the most I killed him. So I don't want my, I still owe you, I still owe you uh, a husband and seed to the first son. So wait until my youngest son here gets older, gets grown, gets old enough, and you stay a widow, and then he's going to come and be your, your husband. Stay a widow, at least y'all kill him also. Okay. And Tamar went and dwelt in her father's house. So she's going to adhere to the promise that uh, Israel has made unto her. In the process of time, the daughter of Shua, Judah's wife, died, and Judah was comforted and went up unto his uh, sheep shears in Timnath, and he and his friend Herah, the Adulamite. And it was told Tamar, saying, Behold, thy father-in-law goeth up to the shear his And she put her widow's garments off from her and covered her with a veil and wrapped herself and sat it, sat it in an open place, which is by the way to Timnah. For she saw that Shelah, 
was grown, and she was not given unto him to wife. When Judas saw her, he thought he thought her to be a harlot, because she had covered her face. Now, this this is something that uh, this is something that people need to consider, because you see a lot of religious people. Muslims and what have you that cover the face of their women. Okay? But in the scripture right here, we are told that harlots used to dress that way. They would cover their face and they couldn't be seen. So really a lot of these religions have the women going around looking like the harlots in the Bible. Israel is going up to Syria's sheep, but he's also going to lay with his woman. Okay. Uh, I need to be comforted. My wife is dead and I don't have nobody to sleep with. So he's going to take this prostitute or who he thinks is a prostitute. So she put on her widow's garment and off from her and covered her with a veil and wrapped herself and sat in the open place, which is by the way of Timnah, where she saw that Shalah was grown and she was not given unto him to wife. So you don't lie to me. You told me you're going to give me this son to wife and he's grown now and you haven't given him to me. When Judas saw her, he thought her to be a harlot because she had covered her face. And he turned unto her by the way and said, Go to, I pray thee, let me come in unto you. For he knew not that she was his daughter-in-law. And she said, What wilt thou give me that thou mayest come in unto me? You ain't getting this for free. And he said, I will send thee a kid from the flock. And she said, Wilt thou give me a pledge? Till you send it. You know, you're telling me you're going to send a, a kid from the flock, but uh, I need something else to hold until you send the payment. And he said, what, what pledge shall I give you? And she said, thy signet and thy bracelet and thy staff that is in thine hand. And he gave it to her, and he came in unto her, and she conceived by him. And she arose and went away and laid her by her veil from her and put the garments of her and put on the garments of for widowhood. And Judah sent the kid by the hand of his friend, the Dulamite, to receive his pledge from the woman's hand, but he found her not. Then he asked the men of that place, saying, Where is the harlot that was open that was openly openly by the wayside? And they said, There was no harlot in this place. And he returned to Judah and said, I cannot find her. And also the men of that place said there was no harlot in this place. And Judah said, "Let her take, let her take, uh, let her take it to her, lest we be shamed. Behold, I sent the kid, and thou hast not found him." And it came to pass about three months after. So now she's starting to show. And it was told Judah, saying, "Tamar, thy daughter-in-law, has played the harlot, and also behold, she is with child by whoredom." And Judah said, "Bring her forth; let her be burnt." Now, he would have slept with a harlot. He didn't say burn himself. So he's going to say, she that went and slept and paid the harlot, let her be burnt. And it came to pass, uh, and when she was brought forth, she sent to her father-in-law, saying, by the man man whose these are, am I with child? And she said, discerning, discern, I pray thee, whose are these? The signet and the bracelet and the staff. Now, remember, 
he said, hey, let her keep that stuff because we might be shamed, okay? But now I think she played the harlot, and she's pregnant through whoredom, and now he wants her burnt, okay? And so she comes up and says, I'm pregnant by the man who this this signet and these braces belong to. And Judah and Judah acknowledged him and said, She has been more righteous than I because that because that I gave her not to Shelah, my son. And he knew her again no more. So she's pregnant and he didn't continue sleeping with her. And it came to pass in the time of her travail that behold, twins were in her womb. And it came to pass when she travailed that one uh, that one put out his hand, and the midwife took and bound upon his hand a scarlet thread, saying, This came out first. And it came to pass as he drew back his hand that, behold, his brother came out. And she said, How hast thou broken forth? She tied a, a, um, a thread around the, the one who stuck out his hand first, and he was the first one out. But then the other one came out first. And it came to pass as he drew back his hand that, behold, his brother came out, and she said, How hast thou broken forth? How did you get out here first? This breach be upon thee. Therefore his name was called Horaz. And afterward came out his brother that had the scarlet thread upon his hand, and his name was called Zerah. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, and the officer of Pharaoh, King, uh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian brought him out of the hands of the Ishmaelites, who had brought him down there. And Yah was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that Yah was with him, and that and that Yah made all that he did to prosper in his hands. And his master saw, uh, and Joseph found grace in his sight, and he and he served him. And he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had he put into his hands. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house, and over all that he had, that Yah blessed the Egyptian house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of Yah was upon all that he had in the house and in the field, and he left all that he had in Joseph's hands. And he knew not aught he had. Save the, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. So Joseph's running the household, and the man don't even know what all he got, what all blessings he's had, he has because of Joseph. All that he knows is that he got food to eat, and he's happy. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and said, Lie with me. So the master's wife. Got a thing for Joseph. And she wanted him to lie with her. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master uh, knoweth not what is with knoweth not what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has into my hand. There is none greater in this house than I, neither has he kept back anything from me but you, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness? And sin against Elohim. And it came to pass that she spake to Joseph day by day. Now she's working on him day by day. So you can imagine she probably showed up naked sometimes. She probably showed up with something see through. She probably wait 
and see that he's working in a certain place and, and take her bath and come out of the bath so he can see her. She's trying to tempt him. She's working on him day by day. And he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business. And there was none of the men of the house there within. Everybody's gone. Wonder how that happened. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. So she's become very bold to grab his garment, and she's got a hold of it. He pulls loose. So now he's in his, you know, I don't know how they went, if they went uh, commando and he didn't have no underwear or what. If his garment was his underwear, whatever it was, she got his garment and he's gone. So she's after him. And it came to pass when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and was fled forth that she called unto the men of the house and spake unto them, saying, See, he has brought in this Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. And it came to pass when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried, that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. So she's going to use this to what? Frame him. And he, she said, and she laid up his garment by her until his Lord came home. And she spake unto him according to these words, saying, The Hebrew servant, which thou hast brought unto us, came in unto me to mock you. And it came to pass, as I lifted up my voice and cried, that he lifted up his garment with me and fled out. And it came to pass, when his master heard the words of his wife, which she spake unto him, saying, After this manner did did thy servant to me, that he was wroth, his wrath was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in prison. But Yah was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison, and whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. And the keeper of the prison looked not at anything that was under his hand, because Yah was with him. And that which he did, Yah made it to prosper. So the most I was going to make it is making Joseph prosper no matter where he goes. And it came to pass after these things that the butler, the king of Egypt, and his brother uh, had offended their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was wroth against the two of his officers, against the chief of the butlers and against the chief of the bakers. And he put them in the ward in the house of the captain of the guard, into prison, in the place where Joseph was bound. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them. And they continued a season in war. And they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream in one night, and each man according to the interpretation of his dream, the butler and the baker of the, kings of, the king of Egypt, which were bound in prison. And Joseph came in unto them in the morning and looked upon them, and behold, they were sad. Ask Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of the Lord's house, saying, Wherefore look ye so sadly today? 
And they said unto him, We have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, Do you not do not interpret uh, and Joseph said unto them, Do not interpretations belong to Elohim? Tell me then, I pray you. And the chief butler told his dream to Joseph, and said to him, In my dream, behold, a, a vine was before me, and the vine uh, and the vine were three branches, and it was as though it it budded, and the blossoms shot forth, and the clusters thereof brought forth white grapes. And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup. And I gave the cup unto Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said unto him, This is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up his head and restore thee unto thy place, and thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner when thou wast his butt. But, but think on me, when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee, unto, thee, unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. For indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and there also have I done nothing that should be that they should put me into the dungeon. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good, he said unto Joseph, I also was in my was I also was in my dream, and behold, I had three white baskets on my head. And in the uppermost basket there was all manner of uh, baked meat, and the birds did eat them out of the basket upon my head. And Joseph answered and said, This is the interpretation thereof. The three baskets are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thy head from off thee, and shall hang thee on a tree, and the birds shall eat thy flesh from off thee. And it came to pass the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, and he made a feast unto all his servants, and he lifted up his hand up the chief butler and the chief baker among his servants. And he restored the chief butler unto the butlership again, and he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker, as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet did the chief butler remember, yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph. But and it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. And behold, there came up out of the river seven well-favored kinds and flat uh, flesh, and they fed in a meadow. And behold, seven other kinds came up after them out of the river, ill-favored and lean flesh, and stood by the other kind upon the brink of the river. And the ill-favored and lean flesh kind did eat up the seven well-favored and fat kind, so Pharaoh awoke. And he slept and dreamed the second time, and behold, seven ears of corn came up upon one stalk, rank and good. And behold, seven thin ears blasted with the east wind sprung up after them. And the seven thin ears devoured the seven rank and full ears. And Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. And it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled. And he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men thereof, and Pharaoh told them his dream. But there was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh. Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember my faults this day. Pharaoh was wroth with his servants, and he put me in ward in the captains of the guard's house. 
both me and this baker. And he and we dreamed a dream in one night. And I I and he and, he, and we dreamed each one according to the interpretation of his dream. And there was there a young man, a Hebrew, son of the guard, and we told him and he interpreted to us our dream. To each man according to his dreams that he interpreted. But now it's two years past and he's remembering Joseph because Pharaoh's got this dream that nobody can interpret. And it came to pass as he interpreted to us, there was. Me he restored unto my office and him he hung. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and brought him hastily out of the dungeon and shaved him. And he shaved himself and changed his raiment and came in unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard and I have heard saying of thee, that thou can understand a dream to interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not me. Elohim shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, In my dream, behold, I stood upon the bank of the river. And behold, there came out of the river seven kinds, fat-fleshed and well-favored, and they fed in a meadow. And behold, seven other kinds came up after them, poor and very ill-favored, and lean-fleshed, such as I never saw in the land of Egypt, for badness. And the lean and the ill-favored kind did eat up the first seven fat kinds. And when they had eaten them up, it could not be known that they had eaten them. But they were still ill-favored, as at the beginning. So I awoke. And I saw in my dream, and behold, seven ears came up in once and good. And behold, seven ears withered, thin and blasted from the east wind, sprung up after them. And the thin ears devoured the seven good ears, and I, and I told this unto the magician. But there was none that could declare it to me. And Joseph said unto Pharaoh, The dream of Pharaoh is one. Yah has showed Pharaoh what, is, what he is about to do. The seven good times are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dream is one. The seven thin an ill-favored kind that came up after them that are seven years, and the seven empty ears blasted from the east wind shall be seven years of famine, thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh, which Elohim is about to do. Uh, to do. He showed unto Pharaoh, Behold, there, are, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, and there shall arise after them seven years of famine, and all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine shall consume the land. And the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason that the famine follows, for it shall be very grievous. And for the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice, it is because the thing is established by Elohim, and Elohim will shortly bring it to pass. <coughs> now, therefore, let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years. And let them gather all the fruit of those good years that come and lay corn under the hand of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the city. And the food shall be restored to the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, and the land perish not to be the famine. 
And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all the servants. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one as this is, a man in whom the spirit of Elohim is? And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as Elohim has showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house. According to thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than you. So now Joseph has been given favor. He's given favor in Potiphar's house. He was given favor in the prison. Now he comes and interprets the dream for Pharaoh, and he's given he put he's put second in command in all of Egypt. So as we read this, I want us to pay attention to I want us to pay attention to the blessings that Joseph gives to his brothers and what Pharaoh gives to his father and his brothers. So you'll know why the Most High has to have somebody come and to uh, afflict them because he's going to give them the best of the best in Egypt. And for 100, 200 years, they're going to have the best of the best in the, in the land of Egypt. You got the best of the best wherever you're at, and you're not in bondage. Are you going to leave that place? Are you going to want to, you know, somebody say, God said leave. Man, we got it good here. Do you see why, what the, what the, uh, why the people always want to look back toward Egypt? Wasn't that Egypt was bad for them? They only got afflicted the last, let's say, 140 years. But even in that, they were blessed in that they had their flesh pots and everything else. They really, if the truth be known, when we get up to this part, if the truth be known, Egypt, the way Egypt's economy ran was they built cities. That was their economy. Everybody was involved with building the cities. And they had their farmers. But to be a herdsman of cattle and stuff, they looked down on. And we're about to read this in a few minutes. They looked down on that profession. So the most I use that to separate Israel from Egypt. But Israel had it good. So let's continue. So Pharaoh is telling Joseph, you are second in command, only my throne. Will you not have power over? He says, and Pharaoh, took, and, and Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. He made him to ride in his second chariot, which he had. And they cried before him, bow the knee, and he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. So Pharaoh said, hey, in everything, you're going to be ruling Egypt uh, only in my throne. So if something comes up uh, that I need to get involved with, you can't, you can't overrule me. Other than that, it's all yours. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name. Uh, Zephaniah, Zephaniah, 
and he gave him to wife Ashmet, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of On. And Joseph went out all the out over all the land of Egypt. And Joseph was thirty years old. Now, if you take these years and if you know how to do the math, you can find out exactly how long our people were in Egypt. It's right here in the scripture. So the four hundred years of slavery that the Most High told Abraham about. Um, it wasn't really fulfilled in Egypt, but that's a whole other thing. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zephaniah, and he gave him to wife Ashmet, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of On. And Joseph went over, went out over all the land of Egypt. And Joseph was thirty years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh, and went throughout all the land of Egypt. So it was seventeen years of passed because he was 17 when his brothers took him and sold him. Now he's 30, so 13 years have passed. And and, uh, and in the seven previous years, the earth brought forth handfuls. And he gathered up all the food of the seven years, which were in the land of Egypt, and laid up the food in the city. The food of the field, which was round about every city, laid he up in the same. And Joseph gathered corn as the sand of the sea, very much until he left number, for it was without number. And unto Joseph was born two sons before uh, the years of the famine came. So in the while the years of plenty are are there, Joseph has what, two sons? Which Athens, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of on there unto him. And Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for Elohim said, has made me forget my toil and all my father's house. And the name of the second name was Ephraim. For Elohim has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. And the seven years of plenteous that was in the land of Egypt was ended. For now seven years have gone by. But now Joseph is, what, 37 years old. And the seven years of the, of the dark began to come. According to Joseph has said, and the dark was in, was in all the land. So this, this drought, severe drought, but in all the land of Egypt there was bread because of what? Joseph pouring up the food. When all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. The Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians, go unto Joseph. What he, has, what he said to you do. And the famine was over all the face of the earth, all of Egypt. And Joseph opened up, opened all the storehouses and sold unto the Egyptians. And the famine waxed sore in the land of, uh, and the famine waxed sore in the land of Egypt. And all countries came unto Egypt to Joseph for to buy corn because the famine was so sore in all lands. So now Joseph has these people coming to him to what, to buy corn from even the other land. Now when Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt. Jacob said unto his son, why do you look upon one another? Each other were looking at each other like y'all stupid. Go to Egypt. And he said, behold, I have heard that there is corn in Egypt. Get you down there and buy for us from there, that we may live and not die. And Joseph's ten brothers went down to buy corn in Egypt. But Benjamin, Joseph's brother, Jacob said, not with his brother. For he said, least fear venture, mischief befall him. So these brothers probably got the same sense 
since uh, Joseph has been killed, Benjamin is the youngest now, he probably said, hey, these brothers probably going to hate Benjamin just like they hated Joseph. I don't want to lose my youngest again. And the sons of Israel came to buy corn among those that came, for the, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. And Joseph was the governor over the land. And it was that, uh, and Joseph was the governor over the land, and it was that sold to all the people of the land, and Joseph's brethren came and bowed down themselves before him with their faces to the earth. Now, this is the fulfilling of what prophecy? But Joseph, these are the dreams Joseph had. And Joseph saw his brethren, and he knew them, but made himself strange unto them, and spake roughly unto them. And he said unto them, Where come you? From where you come? And they said, From the land of Canaan to buy food. And Joseph knew his brethren, but they knew not him. And Joseph remembered the dreams which he had dreamed of them. And he said unto them, You are spies to see the to see the nakedness of the land you are come. And they said unto him, No, my Lord, but to buy food are thy servants come. We are all one man's sons, and we are true men. Thy servants are no spies. And he said unto them, No, but to see the nakedness of the land are you come. And they said, Thy twelve brethren, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan, and behold, the youngest this day is with our fathers, and one is not. And Joseph said unto them, This is that, this is it that I spake unto you, saying, You are spies, whereby you shall be fooled. By the life of Pharaoh, you shall not go forth from, from him, or you shall not go forth hence, except your youngest brother come here. Send one, to me, send one of you, let him fetch your brother, and you shall be kept in prison, that your words may be proved, whether there be any truth in you, or else by the life of Pharaoh, surely you are spies. And he put them all together into war, into war three days. And Joseph said unto them the third day, This do and live, for I fear Elohim. If you be true men, let one of your brethren be bound in the house of your prison. Go you carry corn to the famine of your house, of your houses. But bring your youngest brother unto me, so shall your words be verified, and you shall not die. And they did so. So Joseph is saying, hey, Y'all either bring the youngest brother here or your spies. And then I guess he thought about it and said, well, wait a minute. If I leave you in prison here, then my father and all their, their wives and children might die because of the family. One of y'all stay here. Your other ones take food back to your houses. And uh, can And they said one to another, we are, we are guilty concerning our brother, and that we saw the anguish of his soul when he thought it, and he would not hear. Therefore is this distress come upon us. And Reuben answered them, saying, Spake I not unto you, saying, Do not sin against the child, and you would not hear? Therefore, behold, also his blood is required. And they knew not that Joseph understood them, for he spake unto them by an interpreter. And he turned himself about from them and wept, and returned to them again and communed with them, and took from them Simeon, bound him before their eyes, and bound him before their eyes. So they're, you know, recounting what they did to Joseph and saying, hey, his blood is on our hands. 
be held accountable for this. And Joseph heard it. He turned around and started what crying. But he didn't want him. To, he didn't want them to see him crying. So then he takes Simeon and he bounds him so that uh, they can do what he said to leave one of your brothers and the rest of you go and take the food back. Then Joseph commanded to fill their sacks with corn and to restore every man's money into his sack and to give them provision for the way. Thus did he unto them. And they laid their asses with corn and departed from there. And as one of them opened his sack to give his ass provender, in the end, finally saw the money. For behold, it was in the sack's mouth. And he said unto his brethren, My money is restored, and lo, it is even in my sack. And their hearts failed them, and they were afraid, saying one to another, What is this that Elohim has done unto us? And they came unto Jacob their father unto the land of Canaan, and told him all that befell unto them, saying, the man who is the Lord of the land spake roughly to us and took us for spies of the country. And he said unto him, and we found him, we are true men, we are no spies. We be twelve brothers, son of our father, one is not, and the youngest is this day with our father in the land of Canaan. And the man, the Lord of the country, said unto us, said unto us, Hereby shall I know that you are true men. Leave one of your brethren here with me, and take food for the famine to your household, and be gone. And bring your youngest brother unto me. Then shall I know that you are no spy, that you are true men. So I will, so will I deliver you. So will I deliver you, your brother, and you shall traffic in the land. And it came to pass as they emptied their sack, that behold, every man's bundle of money was in his sack, and were both they had. They and their father saw the bundles of money. They were afraid. And Jacob, their father, said unto them, Ye have you bereaved of my children. Joseph is not, and Simeon is not. And you will take Benjamin away? All these things are against me. And Reuben spake unto his father, saying, Slay my two sons, if I bring him not to thee. Deliver him into my hand, and I will bring him to thee again. And he said, My son, shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead, and he is left alone. If mischief befall him by the way in the which you go, then you shall bring down my gray hairs and sorrow to the grave. So remember, Joseph and Benjamin are brothers. And so he said, hey, by, uh, I believe it's by Rebecca. Yes. And the famine was poor in the land. And it came to pass when they had eaten up the corn which they had brought out of Egypt. Their father said unto them, Go again and buy us little food. And Judah spake unto him, saying, The man did solemnly protest unto us, saying, You shall not see my face except your brother be with you. If thou wilt send our brother with us, we will go down and buy thee food. But if thou wilt not send him, we will not go down. For the man said unto us, You shall not see my face except your brother be with you. And Israel said, Wherefore dare you so ill with me? As to tell the man whether you had a brother. <laughs> Israel, he's like, why in the heck did you even tell him you had a brother? You did an ill, you know, you're doing ill by me. So he's getting on, on, on Judah saying, you know, you dummy. What you even say you had a brother for? 
And they said, the man asked us straight, our state and our kindred, saying, is your father yet alive? Have you another brother? And we told him according to the tenor of the, these words that we certainly know. We certainly know that he would say, bring your brother down. And Judah said unto, unto Israel, his father, send the lad with me, and we shall arise and go, that we may live and not die. Both we and thou, and also our little ones, and I will and I will be surety for him. Of my hand shall thou require him. If I bring him not unto thee and set him before thee, then let me bear the blame forever. For except we had lingered, surely now we have returned this second time. And their father Israel said unto them, If it must be now, do this. Take the best fruit in the land in your vessels and carry down the man a present, a little balm, a little honey, some spice, some mirth, some nuts, and some almonds. And take double the money in your hand and the money that was brought back, that was bought again in the mouth of your sack, carry it, carry it again in your hand. Third venture, it was an oversight. Take also your brother and arise and go unto the man. So, you know, Israel is having to say, hey, we need food. You're going to take a gift and go to, you know, go get us some food. You're going to take a, a gift of this myrrh and these spices and stuff. And Elohim gave, and, and, and Elohim Almighty give you mercy before the man, that he may send away your other brother and Benjamin. If I be bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. And the men took the present, and they took double money in their hand, and Benjamin rose up and went down to Egypt and stood before Joseph. And when Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the ruler of his house, Bring these men home and slay and make ready, for these men shall dine with me at noon. And the man did as Joseph bade, and the man brought the men into Joseph's house. And the men were afraid because they were brought into Joseph's house. And they said, because of the money that was returned in our sack, at the first time, are we brought in, that he may seek occasion against us and fall upon us and take us as bondmen or and our asses. And they came near to the steward of Joseph's house, and they said, Commune with him at the door of the house. And said, Oh, sir, we came indeed down at the first time to buy food. And it came to pass, when we came to the end, that we opened our sacks, and behold, every man's money was in the mouth of his sack, our money in full weight, and we have brought it again in our hands. And our money we have brought down in our hands to buy food. We cannot tell who put the money in our sack. And he said, Peace be to you. Fear not, your Elohim and your the Elohim of your father has given you treasure in your sack. I had your I had your money, and he brought Simeon out unto them. And the man brought uh, brought the men into Joseph's house and gave them water, and they washed their feet and gave their asses for vendor. And they made ready for the present against Joseph, and came at noon, for they heard that they should not that they should eat bread there. And when Joseph came home, they brought him the present, which he was in his hand, into the house, and bowed themselves to him in the earth. And he asked them of their welfare and said, Is your father well? The old man of whom you spake, is he alive? So he's, you know, he's one to query about the father now. He sees all the brothers. Tell him what's up with the father. 
And they answered, Thy servant, our father, is in good health. He is yet alive. And they bowed down their heads and made obstacles. And he lifted up his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, Is this your younger brother, of whom you spake unto me? And he said, God be gracious, or Elohim be gracious unto thee, my son. And Joseph made haste, for his bowels did yearn upon his brother. And he sought where he wept, and entered into his chamber, and wept there. And he washed his face, and went out, and refrained himself, and said, Sit, sit on bread. And they sent on, and they sent on, and they sent on for him by himself, and for them by themselves, and for the Egyptians would be eaten with him by themselves, because the Egyptians uh, might not eat bread with the Hebrews. For this is an abomination unto the Egyptians to eat with Hebrews. And they set before him the firstborn according to his birthright, and the youngest according to his. And the men marveled one at another. And he took and sent, um, and he sent, and he took and sent messes unto them from before him. But Benjamin's mess was five times so much as any of theirs. And they drank and were merry with him. So Joseph has had, you know, the house set up. He's taking his food in a separate room. His brothers are taking their food in a separate room. The Egyptians that would eat with them are taking their food in a separate room because for the Egyptians, it was an abomination to eat with Hebrews. Sound familiar? Genesis chapter 44. And he commanded that the steward of his house saying, fill the men's sacks with food and as much as they can carry and put every man's money in his sack's mouth. Put my cup, the silver cup, in the sack mouth of the youngest, and his, and his corn money. And he did according to the word that Joseph had spoken. And as soon as the morning was light, the men were sent away day and thereafter. And when they were gone out of the city and not yet far off, Joseph said unto his steward, Up, follow after the men, and when thou dost overtake them, say unto them, Wherefore have you rewarded evil for good? So, you know, Joseph was scheming on them and said, hey, now go accuse them of stealing, and whoever has the cup, basically I want you to bring them back. Is not, uh, not this it which my Lord drinketh, and whereby indeed he divine, he divine it? You have done evil in doing so. And he overtook them and spake unto them the same word. And they said unto him, Wherefore saith my Lord these words? Elohim forbid that thy servant should do according to this thing. Behold, the money which is found in our sack mouth we brought again unto thee out of the land of Canaan. How then shall we steal out of out of thy out of thy Lord's house silver or gold? With whomsoever thy servant it be found, both let him let him die, and we also will be my Lord's bondmen. And he said, Now also let it be according unto your word. He with whom it is found shall be my servant, and you shall be blameless. Then they speedily took down every man his sack to the ground, and opened every man his sack. And he searched and began at the eldest, and left at the youngest, and the couple found in Benjamin's sack. Then they ripped their clothes and laid every man his ass, and returned to the city. And Judah and the brethren came to Joseph's house. 
for he was yet there, and they fell upon him on the ground. And Joseph said unto them, What deed is it that you have done? Know you not that such a man as I can certainly divine? And Judah said, What shall we say unto that, my Lord? What shall we speak? Or how shall we clear ourselves? Elohim has found out the iniquity of thy servant. Behold, we are my Lord's servants, and both we and also with him whom is the cup found. And he said, Elohim forbid that I should do so. But the man in whose the hand the cup is found, he shall be my servant. And as for you, get you up in peace unto your father. And Judah came near unto him and said, O my Lord, let thy servant, I pray thee, speak a word in my, in my Lord or my master's ear. And let not thine anger turn against thy servant, for thou art even as Pharaoh. My Lord asked his servant, saying, Hear ye a father or a brother? And we said unto my Lord, We have a father, an old man, and a child of his old age, a little one, and his brother is dead. And, the, and he alone is left of his mother, and his father loveth him. And thou, and thou saidest unto him, thy servant, Bring him down unto me that I may see, set my eyes upon him. <coughs> and we said unto my Lord, The lad cannot leave his father, for if he should leave his father, his father would die. And thou saidest unto thy servants, Except, you, except your youngest brother come down with you, you shall see my face no more. And it came to pass that when we came up to thy servant, my father, he told him the words of my, of, of my master. And our father said, go again and buy us a little food. And we said, we cannot go down. If our youngest brother be with us, uh, then we will go down. For we may not see the man's face except our youngest brother be with us. And thy servant, my father, said unto us, you know that my wife bare me two sons. And the one went out from me and said, surely he is torn in pieces. And I saw him not so. If you take this also from me, and mischief befall him, you shall bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to the grave. Now, therefore, when I come to, to thy servant's hand, Father, and the lad be not with us, seeing that he is, his life is bound up in the lad's life, it shall come to pass when he see that the lad is not with us, that he shall, will die. And thy servant shall bring down the gray hairs of thy servant, our father, with sorrow to the grave. And thy servant became became surety for the lad unto my father, saying, If I bring not him not up unto thee, then I shall bear the blame to my father forever. Now therefore I pray thee, let thy servant abide instead of the lad, a bondman to my Lord, and let the lad go with his brethren. For how shall I go up to my father, and the lad be not with me? Least peradventure I see the evil that shall come upon my father. Joseph chapter 45. Then Joseph could not restrain himself before all them that stood by him, and he cried, causing every man to go out from him. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brother. He wept aloud, and the Egyptians of the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Does my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled by at his presence. Joseph, bring you Joseph. And Joseph said unto his brother, Come near to me, I pray you. 
And they came there, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now, therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourself that you sold me here. For Elohim did send me before you to preserve what two years has the famine been in the land, and yet there are five there are five years in which there shall neither be earring nor harvest. And Elohim sent me before you to preserve you in prosperity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me here, but Elohim, and he has made me a father of Pharaoh a father to Pharaoh, and the Lord of all his house, and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Haste you and go up to my father and say unto him, Thus says thy son Joseph, Elohim has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not. And thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near me unto me, thou and thy children, and thy children's children, and thy flock, and thy herds, and all that thou hast. And there will I nourish thee, for I yet for yet there are five years of famine, thou and thy household, and all that thou hast come to poverty. And behold, your eyes see in the eyes of my brother Benjamin, that is in my mouth, that speaketh unto you. And you shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt, and of all that you have seen, and you shall hate and bring down my father. So he said, hey, go get dad. And he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept upon his neck. And moreover, he kissed all his brethren and wept upon them, and after that his brethren talked with him. And the fame thereof was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brethren are come, and it pleased Pharaoh well in his servants. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, Say unto thy brethren, This do ye, lay uh, your beast, and go, and get you into the land of Canaan. And take your father and your household and come unto me, and I will give you all the land of Egypt, and you shall eat the fat of the land. Now thou art commanded, this do take your wagons out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and for your wives, and for and bring your father and come. Also regard not your stuff, for the good of all for the good of, of all the land of Egypt is yours. And the children of Israel did so, and Joseph gave them wagons according to the commandments of Pharaoh, and gave them provisions for the way. To all of them he gave each man changes of raiment, but to Benjamin he gave 300 pieces of silver and five changes of raiment. So his brother, he's like, hey, I'm hooking you up, bro. These other ones that were born from these other women, they conspired against me, but you, you are my mother's, all of them. Gave he changes of raiment, but to Benjamin he gave 300 pieces of silver and five changes of raiment. And to his father he sent after this manner. Ten asses laden with the goods of things of Egypt, and ten she asses laden with the corn and bread and meat for his father by the way. So he sent his brethren away, and they departed, and he said unto them, See that you fall not out of, fall out. See that you fall not out by the way. And they went up out of Egypt and came into the land of Canaan unto Jacob the father and told him, saying, Joseph is yet alive, and he is the governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed them not. Yeah, right. What you talking about? My son got killed by torn up by beast many years ago. You brought me his coat. Look at that. 
And they told him all the words of Joseph which he had said unto them. And when he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob their father revived. And Israel said, It is enough. Joseph, my son, is yet alive. I will go see him before I die. Genesis 40. Now we better stop there. We're going to stop, stop here for, the, for this Shabbat, page 55. On next week, we'll pick it up with Jacob going into Egypt. And um, we're going to start getting into the Israelites being tortured after this Pharaoh that doesn't know Joseph. So we'll talk more in depth on those things on next week. Uh, I hope something was read that that edifies you uh, in some way or another, that edifies someone in the reading. Uh, May the most high be good to you. And on next week, we will pick it up starting in chapter uh, 46. May the most high have a blessing for the reading, the hearing, the understanding of his word. In Yeshua's precious name, amen. Until next week, be good to one another. Yeah, bless.